Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then chances are you know this show is all about horror movies and exploitation and science fiction and fantasy and gems in the rough and all that good stuff. Today, uh, I'm going to be actually doing something just a little bit different than uh, my usual reviewing a few movies. I'm actually going to be uh, recapping kind of what's going on over on the other podcast that I co-host with Eric Marner, and that would be Movie Freaks. And if you're not listening to that show, you really should be. Check us out over on iTunes um, and like us on Facebook as well. So what we've been doing for the past uh, not quite a year, we've been going through our top 100 movies of all time. And I thought that it would be fun to just briefly recap where we are at, so where I am actually at so far with our top 100. We just got done on our most recent episode, which should be up here in the next day or two. Uh, we just got done with numbers uh, 20 through uh, through 11. And so we're down to the last 10. We've got 10 more to go and before we... Are done with this, and I thought, you know, um, for anybody that may not be listening to that show regularly, that might be listening to this show, I'm going to be just uh, going through where we have, where where I'm at right now, starting with 100. Now, before we um, before we act, we started on our actual 100, we were actually uh, doing some honorable mentions. I'm not going to be touching on those. I'm going to be sticking specifically to the top 100, uh, and that's it. So, And if I get through them all on this short half-hour episode, then great. If not, I'll continue it on my next episode, which the next episode uh, is going to be number 100. And my goal was to have 100 episodes done before the new year, and I'm still uh, – we're only on – I'm recording this episode on November 20th, so that should be uh, – that should be fairly easy to accomplish at this point. So I'm trying not, I'm trying to decide what – to do for the big number 100 if I should just do a regular episode or if I should do something a little bit different. We shall see. Tune in and find out for that later. So anyway, starting with um, my top 100, we're going to start with number 100 and it starts off perfectly for this show and that would be Pieces, J.P. Simon's uh, fantastic slasher movie from the 80s. And a lot of these that are horror-related, I've already talked about on this show because they're in my uh, top 100. Therefore, I've probably discussed, discussed these movies. So uh, we start at number 100 with Pieces. Number 99 is Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. And then moving on to number 98 is Clive Barker's original Hellraiser. And uh, while I do think uh, that uh, Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is is pretty much every bit the first one's equal. I still, for completest sake and just for the top 100, I have to put Hellraiser in the top 100 um, and not the sequel. So number 97 is Ridley Scott's Hannibal, which uh, for me personally, I actually liked Hannibal the best in the series. I even liked it better than Silence of the Lambs, uh, primarily because this is um, – 
a bit more dark comedy and more gruesome. Uh, and I, I loved the over to the top ending with Ray Liotta, and it's just great. Um, okay, next up is Hammer Horrors: The Horror of Dracula. And I said Hammer Horror; I meant Hammer uh, Hammer Films, but it Hammer Horror. Yeah, it's Horror of Dracula with Christopher Lee. If you haven't seen this one, then shame on you. You should be watching Hammer movies because they are fantastic. Um, number ninety-five is Kill List. And this is from Ben Wheatley. And the less you know about this movie going in, the better. Uh, suffice to say, it is one of the more uh, rough movie-going experiences that you're likely to have. It is not a pleasant movie, but it is fantastic, and it should be seen. Number 94 is Mario Bava's Black Sunday, one of the um, the true horror classics right there with of course, Horror of Dracula, in that it is a very defining moment in horror history, much like Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, There is a lot in Black Sunday that uh, has been emulated numerous times since that movie came out many, many, many years ago. And um, I do like black and white movies, and this is probably – my favorite black and white movie because of its use of black and white is perfect. Um, again, right there with Night of the Living Dead. Check out Black Sunday. It is a fantastic movie. Uh, next up is Xavier Gans Frontiers. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Xavier Gans, but it's Frontiers. And this to me would be the French Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it's gruesome. It's action-packed. And uh, it is the best movie about neo-Nazi cannibals in France that you'll ever see. It's a great movie. And it holds up extremely well upon repeated viewings, especially once they get to the crazy last 15 minutes or so. Um, Now we're finally moving on a little bit away from horror movies with number 92, and that would be Revenge of the Nerds. And um, if it's in this list, then that means it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. There's obviously other comedies in my top 100, but... um, but Revenge of the Nerds definitely makes makes it to this list uh, primarily because – it is dated, but primarily because uh, it's one of the first comedies that I remember seeing as uh, as a young teenager. And I watched the edited television version of this movie for, uh, for a long time. I taped it off of uh, network television on VHS and I watched it over and over and over and then I finally was able to watch the R-rated version which is so much better and it's so great and it's uh, the best uh, – I hate to say Porky's knockoff, but it's in that vein. It's the uh, the raunchy sex comedy and it works brilliantly. It's hilarious. So number 92, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, number 91 is Below and this one is the uh, underwater submarine movie. Um, you know, I uh, – the first time I watched that movie, I really I liked it, but I didn't love it. And since revisiting it uh, th- uh, through the years, especially on Blu-ray now, the sound is so good on that movie, and um, it just it works so well as an underwater thriller. And it's another one of those. The less you know about it, the better as far as the storyline, because it's just it's just a really really good David Toy movie. Maybe, um, well, you know what? This probably is my favorite uh, 
favorite movie from him, uh, even more so than the Riddick movies. And I really like the Riddick movies, but now that I think about it, I don't think that any of his other movies are in my top 100. So there you go. Um, anyway, but Below is pretty much a submarine movie uh, crossed with poltergeist as seen through the lens of Twilight Zone, something like that. Great movie. Number 90 is The Hangover Part 2. And The Hangover Part 2 is not one that lots of people would consider one of their favorite comedies of all time. But for me, I thought it was hilarious. Better than the first one. Certainly better than the third one. And um, sure, it's basically a rehash of what you have seen in Part 1. But for me, the reason it worked so well is because it was Part 1 but more dangerous. Uh, They were in Thailand and it was just – everything just you were just waiting for one of these guys to get killed and the jokes were great and it's raunchy and it's hilarious and i am in the vast minority that thinks that the hangover 2 is superior to the first one and one of my favorite comedies number 89 is the lost boys and uh not much needs to be said about the lost boys that hasn't been already said on either my show or on movie freaks on a previous episode um it's it's um a great movie it's the uh, my favorite uh my favorite vampire movie from the 80s and while it's maybe might not be my favorite vampire movie there's i think a few more in the list that are above this it is um one of the best – one of my favorite movies from the 80s and certainly my favorite uh, vampire movie from the 80s. Joel Schumacher, uh, this is probably his best movie. So anyway, check it out. Great movie. Uh, number 88 is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Steven Spielberg's glorious uh, war epic still holds up every bit as good as it did the day it came out. And I saw that movie twice in the theater and both viewing experiences were – were quite something and they uh, something that I remember very distinctly because of the subject matter and the crowd and everything. Um, great movie. And that opening beach scene, Omaha beach scene has been done now so many times in other movies as far as the shooting style and the color scheme and uh, the way that was filmed has just, it was groundbreaking. Number 87 is Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. This is the remake from 2004. And I, for one, like this better than George Romero's original Dawn of the Dead. And yeah, I said it. I think this is a great zombie movie. He, What I like is that this is a remake, but Zack Snyder took what worked very well in the original and made it his own. So it's not a shot-for-shot remake, but it's very much, you can tell, it is a remake, but it's it's his own take on it, and I really, really like that. And it worked so well, and it's so gruesome. And the soundtrack is great, the setting is great, everything about it works really good. And the, and even the actors that they got for the movie, um, everything just it felt like a B movie, but done A list style. And um, there was a glut of remakes at that time, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Omen. And uh, Amityville Horror, and uh, this one here to me stood out above all of them. Now, even more recently with Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, all those. This one here is probably the best of 
the remakes from that time. Uh, now that movie is 11 years old. So, uh, 86 is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and one that I have grown up with. I think the movie is fantastic. It's funny. It's got uh, great practical effects in it. And this is the, uh, might pronounce their name wrong, but the Chiota brothers did this. And I would welcome a, uh, a sequel to this movie or even a reboot. Uh, but it would be cool if the original directors would uh, make the, the remake uh, just because it is such a unique take on Alien Invaders and um, it, it screams remake and to me. So it's a fantastic movie. It's so much fun. And it is now officially a cult classic. And the Dickies song, uh, appropriately titled Killer Clowns from Outer Space, is uh, is perfect for the movie. I love it. So anyway, okay, next up is number 85, Poltergeist. This is Toby Hooper's movie from 1982. Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg's movie from 1982. It's... One of my favorite movies that deals with the supernatural. And while it is PG, it has a very uh, boundary-pushing rating. Um, While it's not overtly gory or anything like that, it is very intense and definitely not for kids. Uh, Same with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It was like it's PG, but not really. So Poltergeist, fantastic um, there's an epic scene in the movie where Carol Ann is stuck in the in the hereafter in the house, and Craig T. Nelson is um, and his wife. I don't have her name uh, in front of me here, but uh, where they have to say a goodbye for Mama to go get her daughter, and it is such a heartbreaking scene, and it's so well shot and epic, and I get teary eyed every time I see that that scene with the lighting, the way it's lit, and it. That particular scene, for some reason, I'm like, this feels like a Steven Spielberg movie. This does not feel like a Toby Hooper movie. So anyway, take that for what it is worth because there is definitely a backstory on that movie with uh, who really directed it and how much so-and-so was involved and butting heads, and there you go. Uh, number 84 is Halloween Part 2, and this would be Rob Zombie's Halloween Part 2. And uh, this is another one that I am in the vast minority that thinks that this is a great movie. And it took me uh, quite a while to come around on this one. Several times I watched it uncut on D- on Blu-ray and um, it didn't do anything for me at all. And then I finally watched the R-rated theatrical version and I uh, it, it excised a lot of what didn't work in the unrated version to make it more of a lean, mean, very mean uh, Rob Zombie Movie And this is another one that he made it his own and it's so bizarre and out there and I, I, it just worked for me. And I've actually talked about Halloween 2 on several of my podcast episodes on Cinema Sidekicks – or Cinema Sidekicks. Hey there, Steve uh, on Cinema Soft Underbelly. So make sure you check out Halloween 2. But I would urge you if you're going to watch it, uh, watch the R-rated version. It is – and I, I would – I almost would never say this, but this is an instance where the uh, the theatrical version is definitely better than the unrated version, vastly superior. So, number eighty three is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. This is the James Bond movie with George Lazenby in it, and um, I would dare say this is my favorite of the pre Daniel Craig James Bonds. 
Um, and what's funny is that this isn't my favorite James Bond movie. I actually enjoy the Daniel Craig movies more than this, but this one made it onto my top 100 where the other Daniel Craig movies, uh, none of the Daniel Craig movies did. And I think because it, it, the reason it made it onto my top 100 is because it is such a unique James Bond movie while still retaining what made James Bond so super cool back in the Sean Connery and early Roger Moore days. Um, I liked that uh, things were getting so so outlandish with the Sean Connery Bonds uh, with uh, um, towards the end of, of Sean Connery's run as Bond. Things were getting more and more ridiculous. Um, and like You Only Live Twice was pretty out there. It was enjoyable. but So Lazenby comes in and it's more of a stripped down spy thriller set uh, in the Swiss Alps. I loved the setting. I loved the fact that Telly Savalas is, is uh, Blofeld, and I love the ski chase toboggan scene. It is one of the best scenes in any James Bond movie, and uh, I also really like the music to Majesty's Secret Service. There isn't an official uh, band or musician singing a song. This is just really cool spy music through the whole thing, and I love it. I watch this movie regularly, so check it out. Really good movie. Number 82 is Clint Eastwood, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And, um, yeah, it's one of the best Westerns ever made. In fact, it might be my favorite Western. Uh, again, I, I lose track of all the uh, my top 100 going through the list here. But at, at this point right now, this is my favorite Western. But I might have something in there that um, – that is Western. That's a little bit better than that. But for me, the good, the bad, and the ugly encapsulates everything that I like about a good Western. It's epic. Uh, everybody's dirty and grimy and kind of a scumbag. The music is great, of course. Um, I'm not going to spend much time on it because this is a classic movie. If you haven't seen this and you're listening to this show, just stop the show right now and go out and buy the Blu-ray and watch it. It's it's fantastic. Number 81 is Stage Fright. And um, this is – I'm going to say this quite a bit here. This is one of my favorite slasher movies of all time, obviously, because it's in my top 100. But uh, this is uh, an Italian slasher movie. Um, and what they get right with this is the uh, the blood and gore. Um, so it's it's the traditional slasher setting. Uh, it's people are trapped in a isolated location. They can't get out. Um, and We've got a killer in there, and there's a motive, and you just go with it. Well, this has this has um, all of the '80s slasher trappings, but what makes it, what elevates it to me, is the fact that it also feels like an Italian giallo. So we have Italian uh, synth music and Italian actors, and we also have incredible amounts of blood in this movie. Uh, it is way gorier than most of the other slasher offerings from that time. And, uh, and those reasons are what put this one in my top 100. This was one that I saw on VHS years and years ago, and I figured it was not going to be good because it just it looked kind of cheesy on VHS. Got it, and I'm like, oh my lord, this is fantastic. This is a bloody, gory, great time. And since then, it's been released on DVD and then uh, Blu-ray, and I actually have both the American Blu-ray release as well as the UK Blu-ray release, which has 
significantly more uh, special features and a slightly different transfer. And uh, it's just a great movie. It's If you are a slasher fan, then I urge you, urge you to check out Stage Fright. It is so good. And it's the best movie that you'll ever see about a uh, killer dressed up like a like a uh, an owl. So there you go. Uh, next up, number eighty is Forbidden World, and this is from Roger Corman's uh, production company. And Forbidden World is completely preposterous and silly, and a one hundred percent alien ripoff. And they'll even go and they, on the special features, they even say this is this is an alien ripoff, and it is. But it's so much fun. And one thing I like about Roger Corman movies is the fact that he knew. We have to keep the audience interested and let's make so that they're not bored. And that is one thing in this movie that you will not be is bored. It is an hour and 15, hour and 17 minutes and it just is go, 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 go. So uh, our hero cra- our hero lands on a planet and we're introduced to a group of people in a science lab thing and there's an alien and then all sorts of crazy – killing and sex and it's great and it's hilarious and it's complete trash and I love it. So make sure you check out Forbidden World, especially if you're into more exploitation type stuff because that movie there uh, definitely falls squarely into the exploitation category. 79 is Mad Max Fury Road. I've only watched Mad Max Fury Road one time in the theater and I have it on Blu-ray now but I haven't had a chance to watch it uh, watch my Blu-ray yet, but it left such an impression on me the one time that I saw it in the theater that it already made my top 100. Um, so that just shows where that movie is at with only one viewing. In fact, that is probably the only movie on my entire top 100 list that I've only watched one time. Um, so check that movie out. It is two hours of action. And well-shot action and well-directed action. I love that movie. And I like the uh, the fact that it is a very pro-female uh, lead movie. Because you think that Mad Max, played by Tom Hardy, is the lead. And he kind of, sort of is. But watch the movie for Charlie's Throne. That's the reason to watch the movie. 78 is Airplane from 1980. And another one that... I don't know of hardly anybody that has not heard of the movie Airplane. To me, this is the the defining slapstick comedy. Uh, there's been other ones, The Naked Guns. Um, those are the ones that that mainly pop into my mind. But Airplane was the the trendsetter with that type of humor. And uh, even its sequel, Airplane 2, the sequel, is another one that uh, – I think is every bit as – I don't want to say it's quite as good as the first one, but it is so close to being as good as the first one um, and better than any of the Naked Gun movies in my humble opinion. But check out Airplane and check out Airplane 2. If you're into that kind of comedy, those two are hysterical. 78 is Conan the Barbarian. And you know, um, this I think is down a bit too far on my list, but – Hey, it's too late to change things because we pretty much set things in stone over on Movie Freaks, and so that's where it falls. But this is Conan the Barbarian from 1982, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger in quite possibly his best role. Uh, this was he was perfectly cast uh, as Conan in this. I can't see anybody else playing playing that 
character and he works brilliantly in it. Um, and it's not just the, the hard R rating that they went for that makes this movie work. It truly feels like you are in another time on another, uh, in another planet. I'm not sure if it's another planet you would want to say, but it was, it's just, it's in another time, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There you go. Uh, but I love how it truly transports you to another time. So, um, anyway, uh, next up is Friday the 13th, Jason lives. And other than, well, you'll see later on in, on the show where any of the other Friday the 13th fall, but, uh, Friday the 13th, Jason lives is, uh, it's one of my favorite Friday the 13th. So let's just say that I like the fact that before scream and uh, those other self-referential horror comedies came around, save for maybe return of the living dead. This one here was poking fun of itself. And I really like, I like that. Um, Jason looks great in this as this is kind of his first official zombie Jason and how he comes back is, is great. And it's just got a fun, fast-paced feel to it. It's not as gory as some of the other ones, but none of the Friday the 13th other than the first one are really that gory just due to how much the MPAA slashed them to bits. Um, but it still works so well, and uh, it's just a fun Friday the 13th entry. And it's one where things had shifted with the classic feel, Friday the 13th, one through four, um, and then part five was kind of that odd duck where you can definitely tell things are shifting as far as how like the feel of it was more of the hair metal type variety, if that makes sense. Um, it didn't have the classic early 80s feel. It felt more like the later 80s. And this one here even more so with the long frizzy hair and Alice Cooper soundtrack and I loved it. It's a cool movie. 75 is Dracula Prince of Darkness and this is my favorite hammer horror picture. I actually like this one even more than the horror of Dracula. Uh, they take everything that worked in horror of Dracula and make it even better and I think that the reason I like this one so much is is two, two reasons here. One, Christopher Lee's in it um, and two, Christopher Lee doesn't utter a single word in the whole movie and it's so cool that it makes him all the creepier that he doesn't talk. Um, there is a grisly uh, sacrifice scene in the movie that for its time, it holds up quite well. So Dracula, Prince of Darkness, you don't have, you don't have to have seen any of the other Draculas from Hammer to enjoy this one, but watch the movie. It's so good. 74 is uh, Lombardo Bava's Demons the best movie you'll ever see about demons taking it over a theater. This one here screams eighties because of the soundtrack because of the styles. This is again, another eighties as seen through the lens of the Italians. And it's every bit as much of an action movie as it is a hardcore horror gore exploitation movie. The special effects are so good. Um, and this is one kind of like uh, poltergeist where yeah, Lombardo Bava directed it, but everything about it feels uh, Dario Argento-ish. And so – and he had a heavy hand in this movie as you can see. But check it out. It's so, so good. 73 is Eli Roth's Hostel Part 2. And this is my favorite movie from Eli Roth. 
Uh, I think that he took everything that made Hostel an enjoyable movie and made it better. I like that there is a lot of nods to Italian cinema in this movie, and there are a lot of nods from Torso uh, to Night Train Murders. He even gets some of the actors from these old Italian movies to star in this movie. But I like the fact that it is a more of a female empowering movie. Uh, it's, so we've got females instead of the, the men from the first one that are trying to escape this, this horrible goings-ons at the hostel. So um, it's got one of the most gruesome set pieces of any mainstream horror movie I've seen in a long time. And that's the uh, the huge sickle scene, the upside down in the bathtub. You, that's all I'm going to say. If you haven't seen the movie, you check it out for that. It's crazy. Uh, number 72 is Under the Skin. And uh, I only watched this movie twice, but it's still made it into my top 100. And I am positive that this one here will climb the list as I watch it more and more. It's that good. Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson is in this and the less you know about this movie, the better. Um, but she's roaming the countryside in the city looking for men. And for what reason? You need to find out. The score is uh, one of the best scores I've ever heard in a movie. It is so unsettling and so creepy. And the sparse use of effects are fantastic. And it is a it's a must-see. It is that good. Uh, this is another one that I don't – I think um, – I put too low on the list. I liked it that much. I mean, from movies from the last 10 years, this is one of the best movies of the last 10 years I've seen. Uh, you know what? And I'm only going to get to the next one, number 71, and then I'm going to wrap things up and I'm going to continue on uh, with my list on the next episode. Number 71 is Existence, and this is David Cronenberg. My favorite David Cronenberg movie, actually. I like this better than uh, Scanners and Videodrome and all of his other ones. I think that Existence was ahead of its time. It still holds up uh, after, oh boy, like I would, I want to say 15 or 16 years, something like that is when this came out. Uh, But the whole virtual reality video game world as seen through the eye of David Cronenberg and body horror type, uh, body horror type feel going on, it is, it's so good and it's creepy and icky and gross and I loved it. So check it out. And it's one of those where if you're watching it for the first time, you think you know where it's going and then it goes somewhere else and then it goes somewhere else again and then again. And it's just cool. I love it. So that's going to be it. Wow. I only got to number 71. That figures. Uh, so on next episode, I'm going to continue with my recap of my top 100. And in fact, I'll be surprised if I can even get done on the next episode. So, um, anyway, that's going to do it for my show. Thanks for listening. Please make sure to tune in to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks and Movie Freaks as well, especially our latest episode. We have a special treat for you. We have a special guest on our next episode. So just tune in and, uh, Here are all of our fun ramblings on that show. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, You can get hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any uh, questions you may have or things I should be seeing, things I should stay away from, all that good stuff. So that's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for listening.